With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Dead in Sports. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Dead in Sports. I'm your host, Kenneth B. Inch. Joining me on the show, we got Nikki Doucet. What's going on? We got Twilight FIFO. Yes, sir. <laughs> Shelton J. Hey, man, what's happening? And the OG is making his return. We got 12 Kyle, 12 Kyle podcast. What up, what up, what up? I was saying, Kyle looked like he about to spit Illmatic bars right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got a hot 16 for you. Right. How you been, man? Man, all is well, man. Just trying to stay uh, Rona free. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just trying to get a little rest. I can't complain at all. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, all right. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into the show. Uh, as you guys see, one of the things we're going to talk about, the main topic is the return of the NBA. Then we're going to jump around to uh, some news that Michael Thomas uh, made, uh, Mike Tyson, and a little bit more. So uh, the floor is yours, Nick. All right. Let's. Uh, well, first things first, um, we're going to get into the NBA, but – uh, just want to say rest in peace to Jerry Sloan. Uh, he passed away this week uh, at the age of 78. NBA legend all over. Like, I don't, I think, I haven't heard anybody say anything bad about him. Maybe uh, Darren Williams at a certain point in his career, but he seemed like he was a very good coach and a very good guy. Um, did y'all have any good memories with Jerry Sloan? I hated Jerry Sloan uh, because he was so great. Um, I was never a fan of the Utah teams, but he was he was a great coach. Cause he those guys were overachievers to me. I don't know I don't know how he did it with that roster. Which one? The the ones with um, Stockton and Malone and with Jeff Hornacek. I don't I don't know how they could hang with those guys like that. Bill Simmons also, said that the league got watered down because of the expansion, mm. but he still won games before that happened. Right. Anyway, I think that just kind of helped them get to the finals. But, um, I mean, to your point, though, yeah, I mean, I, I think that was the thing. He was, um, like, an excellent coach. And I think we really got a chance to see that when Stockton and Malone left. Right. And he was able to continue to win in the NBA when the roster turned over. Yeah, cool. I think uh, – I, I agree with you guys. I think uh, Sloan was a great coach, man. I think he his team really embodied the type of player he was back in the day when he played uh, very tough, very hard, and it was very gritty. Um, you know, I, I'll say this about those Utah teams, Sheldon. They they came to complete every night. And every you night. Had, you had to be ready for them. And they didn't look like a team, like, you know, in a league where, you know, everybody was athletic and everything like that. But, no, nah, they brought it every night, man. They had nothing but my respect. And they just, you know, they ran into a buzzsaw as far as the finals uh, two years in a row with uh, Jordan and the Bulls. But, you know, and I said this before, I could make a case that if as banged up as Pippen was in game six of that finals, 
if Jordan doesn't hit that shot, I think Utah wins that series in game seven. I agree. You know, I agree. You know, I don't see how they could have held him off. Does, does, does Sloan not have, like, him not having a title, especially during those two years, that 97, 98 run, like, if he just won one of those, what, do you think – I think people recognize him and remember him, but he's not talked about as one of those great coaches, even though he has a lengthy career with one of the most uh, – and he built up this franchise. You know what I mean? Like, why isn't he talked about more as far as, like, a Hall of Fame coach? Because you got to win. At the end of the day, you got to win to be uh, remembered amongst the greatest. Now, I think basketball aficionados or fans of the game will always remember Jerry Sloan, but the Fairweather fan won't remember him because he never won. Right. You know, it's unfortunate, but it is it's, that's, that's just the reality. Also, he was a he wasn't really a rah-rah type coach. He kind of hung mm-hmm. out in the background a little bit. So from what I remember, Jerry Sloan, he was more quiet. And he did most of his coaching probably in practice. And he was kind of like um, Poppy is now, you know, how Pop was known for Very not really so. talking much. He he was even more, he talked even less. So, but as as you can tell, he had tremendous respect amongst his peers and the players he coached against. Everybody has nothing but good things to say about him. So, you know, as a fan, you may not have noticed him as much because he let the players handle all that, you know, with the Stocktons and Malones and the people like that. But as a coach, I think that, he was respected where it counts the most, and that's amongst the people around him. Yeah, so hopefully he's resting in peace. Um, but let's more on the NBA. We kind of got some news last week about it possibly coming back um, with, like, news reports from, like, Disneyland or Disney World um, in Orlando uh, possibly being an area where, you know, the NBA could return and we could get the playoffs, just them being isolated on that area. Uh, and now it seems like it's kind of official. Uh, we're seeing a lot more work, like credible news anchors, sportscasters and all that saying, like, we're looking at a possible return as far as officially for the playoffs by late July. But as far as late June, as far as training camp starting up and then maybe even five to ten games of the regular season before we get to the playoffs, just to probably get the rust off. What do y'all think about the timeline that was revealed or leaked um, online? Uh, I'm happy. I'm excited. You know, I'm one of those that have been wanting basketball, even if it's at a reduced capacity due to the obvious reasons, uh, because you, we, we can't go through a season and not name a champion. I, I think that would be more unprecedented than actually playing a 5-10 game. Like, I, 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 don't, I just don't understand for the financials. I don't understand for league history how you can not finish a season and name somebody a champion. So I think it, it, it was in the NBA's best interest to figure something out. They have. Um, obviously, you know, you could look at it and put a, an asterisk by it if you want. But at the end of the day, we in the NBA, typically it's the top four or five teams that's really going to compete. So we know the top teams that are going to be there. And at the end of the day, whoever wins, wins. And, and that's what it would have been if the season played out. Whoever wins, wins. Who's most prepared right now? Who, who, who really wants it? Because there's some teams out there, they know they don't have no, no, no real chance at it. But the top teams, they know. So that means that during this time, you should have been working out. You should have been eating right. You should have been doing all the things that you got to do because you have to be prepared to win. And may the best team win. Well, see, that's the, that's the thing for me, man. That's why it's such a huge asterisk. 
I don't I don't look at whoever wins this as champion. I just don't because of all the variables. If if I had a nagging injury at the time when when the uh, coronavirus shut us down and I'm able to recover from that fully, let's say LeBron had like like how Kawhi's leg was kind of banged up last year, he had to play through that and soldier through it. At this point, he could have made it through it and come out injury free. You know what I'm saying? To me, it's just not a true gauge of what a champion will be taking all this time off. You've been away from your team. Some people may have communicated more than others. Some people may be more prepared than others because they had gyms in their houses. It's just not a fair gauge as to where you are, in my opinion. I, I don't, I don't, I want it because I want basketball. But as far as for me to say this is the NBA champion of this year, no, nah, I can't say that at all at this point because these aren't the same teams and they aren't in the same place as they were, the same momentum and all that stuff. Like, like I saw somebody saying that Philly is dangerous at a time like this because they're younger, they're thoroughbreds, they're healthy at this point. Ben Simmons has gotten healthy. Joel has gotten healthy. They can come and knock somebody off at this point. I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the championship game. Okay. It, it's just but, – but, but that was the expectation for Philly at the beginning of the season, right? So, look, right. At, the end of the day, at the end of the day, the world had to move forward. And there is a new normal. We all have to adapt to it. So, so sports is part of the world. So even though you, it may not be like every other uh, 50, 60 some odd years of the NBA, it, no, other, no other season had to do, deal with coronavirus. So if the world has to move forward, the NBA does too. So I understand it from a personal perspective, but, it, but so you would rather the season not play, like, not play out, that's it. No, I want, I want it to play out. Like I said, I, I want to see it. I want to see this tournament. I want them to be, I want this to be more like an experiment though, than the actual, like, I'm not going to count this. Let's say Philly does win it all, even though that's my squad. I love Philly to death. I wouldn't count them as champions. That doesn't mean the same thing as a couple of years ago. The Lakers win it all. It doesn't mean the same thing for me as it would if they had won it and we had not been stopped by coronavirus. You know, outside elements do count. But when we don't have the same, we're not, I'm not, I don't have access to my facilities. I have to find somewhere to train at this point. So it's kind of like, I got to get there, but I got to get there on my own. And all of us aren't equipped the same. So it's just not, it's just not a fair gauge to me. It's not the same thing. I, here's what I'll say about that show. I actually have a question. So what do you say about the 1999 season where it was strike short? You put same thing. I when 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 the Spurs won, I I said the same thing. Strike short in season. I just don't look at it the same. I don't. It doesn't hold the same weight for me. But at least at that point, it was a little bit more fair to gauge because, you know, we all. When I say we, they they all got in the gym at the same time. Mm -hmm. Every team had the same amount. Every, everything was a, an even playing field at that point. Well, how is and, it not an even playing field now? Because everybody's had the same amount of time off. Everybody's because the same amount of time to get ready and prepared. If you, it's basically about getting everybody back on the court. And once they do that, if they're able to do that and do it safely, you play it out and whoever wins, wins. I don't think that it deserves any asterisk or anything. I, I think that it's just like baseball, for example, picking up on a rain delay game. You know what I'm saying? If, if, it, if it's a certain amount of innings, it does count and it's over. But if it's not there, the game does not count at all and we start over. It's the same thing as the season. Like I said, the thing about it is we're not picking up from the beginning. We're picking up from the middle where it was at that point. And these aren't the same teams at this point. That's just how, how I look how at so? it. It's, it's still the same person. I, I'm, I'm, 
I, I get what, only, I, I think I get what you're saying, but I need mm-hmm. I need a little bit more explanation because I'm like, losing it. Like I said, for me, it's just it's 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 not level in the sense that if if the world was open, some of those guys tra- tra- for example, I may have been one of those guys that trained at LA Fitness, so I ain't got no gym in my house. LeBron, we know LeBron got a gym, court, and all that stuff mm-hmm. at the crib. If I worked out at the facility and I had a gym there and I'm used to going there to work out and that's been blocked off to me, I got to figure it out at home. I may not have the same level of, you know, training that some of these guys can have because they have access at their house, some of those stars and people like that. And matter of fact, I can even go, if I play with the Lakers, I can go shoot around with LeBron in his crib. You know what I'm saying? Nobody would know but me and him. And like Quinn Cook, for example, he can go work out with LeBron at his house and nobody would know but them too. But when you take some of the other teams, they may not have those same advantages, those, those same things. They can't go to the training facility and work out like the off season, like a regular year. It's like they just don't have the same thing. And when we started in the middle of the season, I may have had an advantage at the point that the season stopped. That is no longer an advantage. Like I said, we look at uh, injuries and stuff like that. We don't know what type of nagging injuries they may have had and have had a chance to recover from at this point. Which makes it a little different. You know, I get what you're saying. I guess. I guess my only my only point to that is that it stopped at the same time for everybody else, and it's going to start at the same time. And everybody's going to have the same amount of preseason games every if they play regular season games, and then the playoffs start. So it's. I don't necessarily see where anybody has any advantage if one guy is able to work out in his house as mm-hmm. opposed to you know they're professionals. You find a way. I mean, like. It goes, it's no different from the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball. You find a way to mm-hmm. work out. I mean, I think Greek Freak said he didn't have a gym at his house. I don't even think he's right. like a gym at his house. He right. found a way, he did something during this time. He didn't just sit around and just eat. But so, at the same time, he, he didn't have the same level. And, and he, Greek Freak is a great example. You know what I'm saying? His shooting may not be the same when he gets back because he didn't have a rim. And that's the reason why like you have that. a training camp. You have a training camp and you'll have games to 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 ramp up ultimately it's going to be decided on the basketball court and i think everybody will have when it's time to play i think everybody will have enough time that's just me and for me as far as like the schedule that got leaked out i think they started what june 20th to like july 4th weekend they'll do training camp and then like a week after that or whatever we'll get like maybe uh like five to ten games for me i don't i i hear what you're saying shelton but i kind of lean with kyle as far as everybody's going, everybody, this is inconvenient for everybody. No one's mm-hmm. going to come out of this saying, like, I got a fair shake or whatever. Because some right. people are probably still dealing with corona. Like, we don't even know if Rudy Gobert will be able to come back. And he's right. on a playoff team as, as far as, like, how the season would have ended or where it was leaning towards ending before the virus outbreak. So it's going to be unfair for everybody. My thing is, like, I don't think we need the regular season games and then go to the playoffs. I think we should just start with the playoffs. Because right. let's say a second wave does happen during the regular, quote-unquote, regular season, then we're just pushing this out for probably until not even the end of this year, but maybe going into the, end of next, to the beginning of next year, mm-hmm. all for a few measly regular season games that no one gave a fuck about seeing when we talking about basketball is back. I feel like when the mentality is that basketball is back, we're all thinking playoffs, NBA finals. We right. ain't thinking about none of that other shit. Nah, we're not thinking all playoffs. We think I'm- basketball games. Basketball. I'm not. I want a round robin tournament, man. That's what I want. I want. I want to take the top sixteen teams, regardless of conference, and just put them out there and let's go at it. That's what I love to see. 
And I think they can um, do that. I think the regular season games at the proposal is five. So I think that that is to fulfill contractual obligations with the TV. I, mm-hmm. I haven't heard any details outside of what that tweet was. So I didn't get a chance to really catch up on news today. So I'm only speculating based on what I've heard before. I think the five game regular, the five regular season games are for them to get back into, into basketball shape instead of jumping to the playoffs they get five games to to get themselves, you know, up and going. And also to conclude, like, the the other teams that are left that's trying to fight for that eighth and seventh spot. It's for playoffs. Don't give a team. damn about the AC, Ken. Come on, bro. Yeah, it's hey, the teams about it. Let me do, tell you why Nick. you do. Because Zion is fighting for that AC, and we want to see Zion in these playoffs and nobody else. That's why – that's the only reason I care about the AC in the West. One other point that I didn't make that I meant to make on this too is most playoffs, there's a home court advantage. There's no way in the wide world of sports we're going to have a home court advantage. That, that's a big deal for me as far as playoffs and basketball goes. You, you know how hard it is to go in certain gyms and play ball. So when we all at the same we, – if we're in Vegas and we're in Orlando, it's not the same thing. It's just not. It's more like, it's more like a training camp. Inter-squad is what it seems like. Now, we can get some great basketball out of it. I just don't think that it should count the same. No no one's going to give a fuck about home court when it comes to getting they getting they check. And that's another <laughs> part of this. When it comes, you're talking about bringing basketball back. Like, some of these players, unlike the people that were signed with LeBron, they haven't probably gotten paid since, what, the first April or second 15th. week of April? Yeah, yeah. reduced salary. So, they want to get paid. They like, whether it's home court, away, at Disneyland, at, at at Turner Studio, whatever it's at, like they want to get paid and they want to play basketball. Yeah, it, it's uh, to Ken's point. Those five games that they're talking about playing, uh, regular season games, that's for TV revenue for the for the uh, local teams. So a team like like we live in the city of Atlanta, the Hawks, that's more revenue for them. And then you can play. I mean, I'm pretty sure they don't have any problems making payroll, but you know it's getting some revenue back into the stream and teams want to, everybody wants to feel included. So even your non-playoff qualifiers still will, in this essence, still get paid. Yeah. It's, it's the, the business part of it. Like there's the, the fan aspect where there are certain things that some people want to see, like Nick, you just want to see the playoffs, you know, a guy like myself, I just, I want to see the regular season and playoffs uh, in basketball. But what, we desire and want to see is is meaningless when it comes to the business of basketball and how they're going to try to ramp things back up to meet at least some financial obligations um, that they've lost off, off on to what, you know, kind of what Kyle is saying, because to add on those five games are going to also create jobs that are also missing. So the people that work at those uh, at those gyms, those arenas, they get a chance to come back and make some money by attending to the place. So it's going to start feeding up and feeding into everything. B, you've you've been uh, against them coming back. You've been saying like, bro, just start over next season. Is that more so based off of like if they do come back early, there could be a second outbreak and just cancel the NBA season for even longer, or is that just more so of like? We're so far removed from basketball, you might as well start over. Yeah. We, we, for one, we're so – y'all can hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. One, we're so far removed from basketball. Two, in my opinion, I mean, I, and I know they're professional athletes, 
I feel like we won't get the best basketball if they try to rush this back. Like, but I mean, and I know, and I know, and Ken is 100% right because he's been saying this for the past few weeks. It's all about that bread. They want that bread. And all, all bread wins out of everything. So they want that bread. But in my opinion, I think just, ch- you know, start the season back up in October or, or Christmas Day, whatever, either or. October or Christmas Day, chalk this season up. We won't have no championship. I feel like if you're rushing this thing back, man, like I said, I don't think we're gonna get the quality basketball that we're gonna that, that we was used to seeing this this you know regular season going to the playoffs. You know, but that's just me. I could be wrong about that, but yeah, I, I just feel like we're just rushing everything, man. Just, just let us start back. Just let us start in October or Christmas Day. There is, you, you're gonna get that. <laughs> you're just yeah, gonna get yeah. basketball in between. <laughs> I thought you were a basketball junkie, B. I am, but like I, I want, I want good quality basketball too, though, Ken. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. I think you don't want it though, and and I think that there could be once all of this is flushed out, like if they get the tournament that that Shelton is is talking about, like I think you'll see a different version of that, and teams may be excited about that. This is really. I've said this before, a really good opportunity to test out certain ideas. And I was going to say that, too. I was going to say that, too. To that. Hmm? Yep. No, listen, I was going to say that, too. I was going to say, if anything positive out of this, this will be the like, – just like what you – I mean, I literally was going to say that. Like, like this would be a good time for the NBA to kind of test, test different playoff formats and test different, you know, different stuff. Definitely. If, if, if anything, you know, they all bring back. I would like to see NBA try something in this quick two month or month and a half span that they're trying to bring the you know league back. Try something you know, different. You know, man. The only thing, and I, and we talked about it in the group chat. The only thing that concerns me is I haven't really heard a lot about testing, of how they're going to go about testing people, and you know, if you quarantine your players and you have them quote unquote in a bubble, they're going to come in contact with other people. Like you can't just keep them on lock for 24 seven. They're going to want to go out to dinner. They're going to want to, you know, there's going to be somebody if they're not staying in the hotel, there's going to be somebody coming and cleaning their hotel. So you're going to constantly be coming in contact with other people. How do you quarantine those people or what happens? And I heard Adam Silver say this, and I really hadn't heard it, heard anybody else really kind of respond. Adam Silver did a press conference and he made reference to the fact that we are going to have to be okay with a positive test. Okay. So, Let's say one guy gets it, you know, does that mean that everything shuts down or does it, do you have to have three guys to get it to, for everything to shut down? What's your, what's your quarantine process going to look like? I haven't heard a lot of people talk about that. And I also heard uh, Mark Cuban on ESPN talking about the fact that ultimately one of their long-term goals is to play in front of their fans by the end of this season. And I don't mean the end of the season that we're currently in. I mean, by the end of, I guess, the, I'm sorry, the start of next season, which is probably looking like December. So, you know, questioning the testing and, and not really getting a whole bunch of answers and results as to how it's going to be, that's where my concern is because we saw Gobert test positive and everything shut down. And we saw subsequently, what, three or four other people who came in contact with him on the team an official who who refereed that particular game, you know, that go. Yeah, back. I think Donovan Mitchell got it too. Yeah, Donovan yeah, Mitchell had it, you know. So, and God forbid, knock wood, we we would hate to hear this happen. But what if someone pa- passes away? You know, then right. then it's like, okay, why are we doing this? And, you know, so it's, and then also from a fan perspective, we're all ba- basketball fans. 
how is that going to look for us? I mean, are we going to be okay with seeing our game on TV with no fans? You know, it's, so it's a lot of stuff. And I know, you know, that they're trying to make it work, but I'm, I have a lot of questions. I think the fact that it was the locations they were thinking about as far as Vegas or Disney World was key as far as what you were saying, Kyle, as far as the testing along with how are they going to keep everything bubbled up? Because, like, when you have resorts like that in those two cities, especially in this world, yeah. you, can, you can have oh, – I'm sorry. I was saying, <laughs> I was saying, if you have like a resort like Disney World, you can have a lot of families there, and y'all can just be separated in different right, parts man. of the park. I'm listening, Nick. I'm just best with B. <laughs> no, I heard what he said too. But yeah, I just think you could keep everything separated from that standpoint. Now, as far as the testing goes, when it comes to how many people is going to take. It's basically like you, Kyle. Sounds like you asked, like, how many uh, eggs do we have to crack to make this omelet? <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is. And like I said, he made that statement, Nick. And then there was no like follow up as to. I thought it was key because he's the first person that I've heard say that. He was just like, "We have to be okay with a positive test." And I'm like, "Okay, well, you know that goes for us in society, but it's a lot different when you're only talking about a certain number of players and everybody's dependent on each other." So what if what if your one of your superstars get it? Not your twelfth guy on the bench. What happens if James Harden gets? You know what I'm saying? And, I, and not what I don't want that to happen to anybody. But the likelihood is, you know, as long as we're not, is we're out if we're out and about, that's very possible. So I think that kind of going back to what Shelton's saying, like if James Harden catches it, if LeBron or Kawhi or somebody catches it in the finals, Easter conference finals, first round or whatever, and they can't play, which is more than likely the case that will impact the series. So once that happens, then you're going to have a lot of people be like saying, you know, what it should have could have. Um, what I think going to what you're talking about with the testing, this is what makes Adam Silver it, almost some, some, somewhat in a league of his own when it comes to certain things because he's not afraid to put it out there. He basically said that if they catch it, they catch it. There are a <laughs> lot of people that have said that behind closed doors. He said it out loud. And that gives programs like us and every other media outlet an opportunity to debate and discuss that out loud as well. And they can take that real-time feedback and use that when they make their determinations. Also, what Nick is saying is, is, is well, with the, with the current plans is, that's gonna be part of the self-isolation piece of it where they probably just keep it condensed to just the families and that's it. We, you guys have been to Disney World, I would imagine. They got everything there. So you don't really need to go, go and be a willing sacrifice for them to make because also, one of the things that Nick said is that the, they want to get paid. And how are you going to get paid if you ain't work? They got to go back to work. So if they got to go sit in Disney World for two weeks, they'll do that to make that money. So I think, I think also what happened was when it first shut down, it was also new. And it was very serious. And the NBA and a lot of sports took it seriously. We're about four months or so later 
they have a lot of information now that they didn't have before, including <laughs> the results of what happened when Gobert tested positive and how it spread, you know, out among the people. So if they can self-isolate it down to the teams in the NBA and their immediate family and keep the fans out, it's a lot easier to control and contain it and and deal with it. They'll also have to come up with some form of daily testing. The White House tests daily. So how much is that going to cost? And, of course, what's the plan if somebody gets it? So I don't think they're going to shut down and get somebody test positive. Not if one test. No, I don't, no. I don't, I don't think one test is going to stop them. How no. many do you think it'll take? It depends. No, it, can't, no, it, can't. it depends on who tests positive. That's it. It depends. If it's the 12 guy on the bench, hey, man, we're just going to put him, put him over here and let him deal with it. You know, I, I mean, it, of, of course, they would be concerned, but it's really going to be key if, you know, somebody big, one of their Like shows. LeBron. Because <laughs> they, they wouldn't want to jeopardize. Man, let me tell you something. If LeBron, got, if LeBron tested positive for Corona, it's over. Yeah. The whole damn NBA. We ain't playing until he gets healthy. We're going we gonna to take our ball and go home. <laughs> That's what it'll be. Hopefully what do y'all think about the – the um one through sixteen seeding format. I feel like that's being discussed a lot too. Are y'all fine with the just the best sixteen teams, no conferences, or do y'all want to see it a little bit more staggered than that? Was I that mean, over? It, it go it goes to Ken's point. Like, um, this would be this would be a good time for NBA to try something different. Like, in this very shorted comeback season, I think yeah, let's try it. I mean, whether we disagree with it or we like it the way. We've been liking it before. I think this is a great time if they do come back, you know, in, in Orlando. This would be a good time to try it, Nick. I, I just think this would be this is a perfect time to test this. <clears throat> I, I, I told you my feelings on it. I, I, I would love to see that. We got some of our best basketball this year, the All-Star game, and I just thought the competition level was so high. Playing, playing field was even. Of course, these weren't actual teams, but – I think that the same thing will happen in the playoffs like this. Uh, we were asked in the chat uh, which team will be hurt most by no home court. Um, what y'all thought about that? Hmm. I'll tell you mine. Oh, okay, so he's talking about just by not playing – by playing at Disney World. Yes. Every I, it, it feels like it's going to be an even playing field for the most part. Um who thrives the most off their home court? I, I have an opinion on that. Like teams like those middle teams, like the four, the four or five games, those games meant the most. Like you take a look at in the West, you got uh, Utah and OKC at the four or five. You got Denver at the three and Houston at the six. That makes a big difference for a Denver versus a Houston, for example, playing at home. I think games like that is where you'll see the biggest impact. The one through eight, and these sixteen teams, but if, but if we did sixteen teams, they may not be six seven. They may be even lower <laughs> already on the home court because you got to gotcha. the top. What what I mean though is those teams in the position now. Yeah, maybe yeah, you're right. The matchups may be a little different than that, but those teams, for example, like if you look at a uh, Houston, if they're ranked eleventh, for example, they benefit mm -hmm. by not playing on the road as much. A team like Utah. And Denver, who would have home court advantage, those teams don't benefit from playing in a neutral site as opposed to having those home games. You see what I'm saying? Because well, those teams get boosted. You know who's the most? Play anywhere. 
your, your, your squad Philly because they have a terrible road record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would help them. But the teams that benefit most from playing at home and having home court, like like Miami, for example, Miami would benefit from there. Denver more than anybody's who I kind of key on as far as that. But but I would say first, Miami fans don't show up to the games regardless anyway. <laughs> so they don't even matter. I will say to answer your question, probably OKC or Utah. But to be honest, there's no fans there. So I don't think yeah. it like nobody's gonna have any support. So it really just comes down to Nick, if you need the fans to make you be good, then you probably is gonna get knocked out first round anyway. Yeah, and, and that's what fans is 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 routine mm -hmm. mostly. Um and yeah, you're right. But I also think that when you look at teams that when you look at the home records and the and the road records, you know, while it'll be an even playing field, you know, to some degree that matter. So guys, the professional teams, guys like the top seeded teams like the Clippers and the Lakers, they're yeah. used to going on the road and winning. Right, so right, right, right. You know, this would be, you know, business as usual for them. Right. Okay. I want to say that's why I think it's beyond routine. I think also what, what, what the fans bring is energy. You know, mm -hmm. what energy does, it controls momentum. And yes. that is huge in playoff environment. Regular season, some games, but not as much. But in the playoffs, if you don't have the fans there, that is going to – it's going to hurt teams and it's going to hurt it, – it's going to help some teams and it's going to hurt a lot of teams. Because right. think about somebody like Russell Westbrook. Right, like, yeah, he plays with his own energy, but he feeds off the fans positive or negative. When he's on the road and them fans are booing, he feeds off that energy, goes even harder. As, as a player, especially when you play with a big crowd like that, you feed off of that can. And, and I think that the playoffs are going to miss something, Shelton, to your point overall. But I, at the end of the day, I think that they got to finish it. I think this is a good idea overall. But... I don't know, man. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be weird watching it, and I don't know if so. I I think we're gonna get some good games, but I think it's gonna be tough to. I don't know. Like I I just I don't I don't know if we get all of the effort plays that we always get. I like you know what I'm saying. Like 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 because you feed off the energy of the crowd, and sometimes you just you may not have it by yourself. And let me let me ask let me ask y'all this. You know, with them so called putting an asterisk next to the Spurs 99 championship, do you think people are going to be throwing that out there? If, you know, they come out with a championship, is it going to be an asterisk next to it? I don't think so. Because, right? I mean, on, to be honest, I don't really know a lot of people that put an asterisk by the Spurs championship. They, I mean, they won. It, they don't it remember it. Yeah, it, it, wasn't, it. it wasn't their fault that, this, that the, 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 there was a strike that particular year. Right, it's, right. It's, 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 this is what we I mean, have. And, and, you but know, they put an asterisk next to the Rockets championships too, though. I mean, but that's, that's, just, that's people hating, man. I mean, they, they want it fair. Yeah, that's and, and I think, you know, even to FIFO's point, what we'll, what we'll probably be looking at is something that looks and feels like practice because you just got guys running around. You hear, the, the, you hear them chattering and talking and stuff like that. You hear the, 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 the sneakers and stuff on the court, but you don't hear any fan unless they pump noise into the, this arena. It's gonna look and feel like practice. So it's gonna be like summer league, an intense ass summer exactly. league. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, I like that because that means I can hear the shit talking. That's <laughs> what I want to hear. Those games are competitive. Like yeah, I, I, I don't yeah. think they won't be competitive. I think. Yeah, be competitive. I, I think it's just it'll be interesting to see how we as fans feel about what it is that we're seeing. For them, it's yeah. it's ball. It, it's 
I mean, we've yeah. all played basketball. It's just you hooping in a gym, and this time it counts. But I just think from us looking at it on TV, it's going to look totally different. Well, that's why, a, while I don't a, disagree with what FIFO has said, I'm, I'm sort of also questioning, like, I, I, I understand the crowd and momentum is a real thing. Yes. But I also understand that once they become acclimated and adjust to it, the competition that they have within will hopefully be enough to sustain them. Now, will they be able to go on a 15 to five run <laughs> if they're, if right. they're trailing? Like a crowd could help boost them to, yes. to get that. But I think an experienced team that can win on the road won't be as impacted as a young, inexperienced team. Like Philly is the perfect example. They can't win on the road for shit. So I think they could suffer by not having home court advantage. Well, you know, but to your point, though, Ken, it's not really a road game for them going forward because everybody's on the road, basically. You're not playing in your home gym. Right. You just so got nobody just, cheering for you. Yeah, you just have nobody yeah. cheering for you. Yeah, what, what, and basically what FIFO was saying is the, mo mo the momentum part is correct. I think that we're going to get some good basketball. We're going to get some good games. It's just the momentum part. And like you said, that that part will suffer a little bit. That during a run or when you need a big basket from somebody, that's what you'll be missing. And that could come from anywhere. That could be any team that that's on. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, you take certain players from certain teams. Now, of course, the Lakers and different, you know, Kawhi and LeBron and certain players are going to be better at it than others. But some players who normally would step up in big moments when they got a crowd behind them won't be able to do it. So it's not just team specific. It's player specific as well. So you take a Kyle Kuzma, for example, he may not hit a big shot because he don't hear the crowd behind him. You know what I'm saying? So certain players that won't be able to get up for the moment, maybe in certain moments that others will. So do and we have do we have an idea as to when we'll get a final word on this? Because I haven't seen anything confirmed. Uh, they said they want to play by what June 10th? So June 20th. June 20th so, is when they want to start. Officially. No, we don't have we don't. They but don't. we haven't had any confirmation from Adam Silver or anybody. We're just no, we, stuff nah. that's floating around. Okay. No, nah, well, I mean, like some like again, like I was saying, the like, information I was seeing as far as the schedule that I put in the chat that came from like a, a I think he yeah, like a sports reporter um, from ESPN, I believe. Yeah, I never heard of Ashley Brooks in my <laughs> life. That's why I was like, <laughs> really? I, I know she got the check. No, nah, I haven't. Yeah, she, Not she's to be breaking news like this. YouTube type tip. Okay. So in other words, we don't really know. Adam. No, but no, but Adam Silver has not said this. But this is what I, I think what Ken you were you brought this up earlier with Adam Silver when he was saying like, look, if somebody get it, they get it, and he's trying to get ahead of the, you know, ahead of the basically the backlash. It's conditioning. He's conditioning the, us. Yeah, by dropping the schedule, it's like okay. If they did start this and this is the timeline, does this make sense? Is this doable? And based off, again, like Ken was saying, the feedback we're getting, it seems like everybody's cool with this shit. It's mm -hmm. just more about your preference of, like Shelton saying, do you recognize this champion or not? Well, here's yeah, the thing. You know, wait, wait, hold on. So, so here's the thing. The reason why we have to recognize the champion, because if we're not counting the Spurs, Greg Popovich would be Jerry Sloan. And Greg Popovich is Greg Popovich because he won that championship. So it counts, and, and, and we're not going to discredit that the champion. At the end of the day, it goes down in the record books. That's a champion, and we're going to recognize. Well, 
Well, um, and and you, what I was gonna say is UFC has laid the groundwork on that too, by having a a person test positive, and the event went on. The show must go on. So the same thing will happen. This is a little off. Yep. We talking about that earlier, but the same thing I think will happen in this case. If a player tests positive, they're gonna test a couple more. Um, I know when it first hit, you know, you had like four players on the team with it. Right. It that may throw things off a little bit. Say four four Lakers get it, for example then that may change the, the outlook of things. But I think they're prepared. I think No, that does change the outlook because you can't play. At that point, the right. Lakers are pretty much done. You don't yeah. want to – I mean, because think about it. If you have four players on your team test positive, guys mm-hmm. in the locker room walking around, you know, talking to each other, gapping five and all that stuff like that, mm-hmm. I mean, you, in essence, have to eliminate that team. I mean, because right. yeah, they play with the rest of the players, but who's to say that because we don't know – Here's what we know about the coronavirus. We know nothing. That's, <laughs> That's what we know. We know nothing. So if you if the if the virus stays, you know, dormant or what have you after you, you know, come in contact with someone, let's say it's a week before they start showing signs. So you right. could have at, at that point you could have infected even more people, the people you played against. Played against. It's like I don't know, man. If you get that many people test, uh, testing positive on one team, I think you ultimately either have to remove the team or shut it down. Right. And that's not what they want to do. They don't. They they want to get to a point, and to Ken, what Ken was saying, what Adam Silver is saying, we have to get used to a positive test. They don't want the NBA to get to a point where they have to start and stop. They would either rather start and go all the way through or don't start at all. That's why I say leave the regular season out. Like, I agree. If it's, if, it's, if it's the playoffs, like, I, I think it's going to be like, all right, unless LeBron or Giannis or Harden and shit, unless they get it, we're going to keep rolling these playoffs. If you just have the regular season and the outbreak happens, then it's like, all right, do we have the playoffs now? And then, like, we, again, I'm just thinking about the quality of basketball that I want to see if we're going to see it through. But, like, just, like, let's cut the bullshit out. Those eight C teams ain't going to mean shit. Whatever the seating is now, Put them motherfuckers in and let's play basketball. No, you need you need you also need the five games um, because you need to see if anybody gonna get it. Mm-hmm. And those five games would give you a chance to because that those five games would probably go over a span of what two weeks. I think that's enough time for enough players to get and play among each other for you to be able to to see who catches it and then you know how to deal with it. And at that point, if somebody does get it and then. If two or three people get it, then you can just shut the playoffs down altogether and like forget it, we're done. But if you start with the playoffs, then you put yourself in a pickle if somebody get it within the two weeks of playing the playoffs. And then you gotta really figure out how to do it. So I think the five days gives it's almost like a test for the NBA to see if this is gonna work. Science. Also, I was, I was just checking on it, too, and, and, and somebody said that every NBA Finals ever has been a best of seven. So if for some reason this year is not a best of seven, a historian said, then it would be an asterisk on this, this championship. It'll year. be a best of seven. Tournament, yeah, if we, do, if we do a round robin tournament, it won't be a best of seven, which we can't tr- I don't, truly I, I just I don't know that they're going to do a round robin tournament. I think they're still going to keep the same format. I don't I – so Adam too. Silver doesn't – he doesn't strike me as someone who, is, who will change something – now they they floated that idea out, but that was prior to all of this stuff happening. That was mm-hmm. you know, pre-corona. 
I think if they do something like that, maybe going forward, it would probably be announced the next season. And um, right. I keep going back to that conversation that uh, uh, I heard Mark Cuban talk about. And he really, he didn't come out and say it, but if you kind of read between the lines, he was really alluding to the fact that their eyes is definitely on the following NBA season. And they want mm. to get to a point where they can have fans in the stands because yeah, they could finish out this season because keep in mind, 80% of the season is done. So they've already, players have already gotten paid. They've already, you know, gotten their most of the TV money and all that stuff like that. But they don't want to go into the following NBA season, particularly with no fans in the stands because that kills the revenue. They can't keep floating it like this. And yeah, these teams are worth, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, but they don't want to keep playing the NBA like this. So ultimately they want to be able, if the next season starts in December, they want to have fans in the stands. Now, how many fans you can put in the stands? We don't know because we don't know what, you know, this will look like by then, but if they can have a full arena or a half full arena, they'll do that, but they're running out of time. You know, and I think the other thing about the round Robert thing, while I would love to see it, and I think this is a chance to do it. I also think that things have been disrupted so much. Why would you want to add something else to it as well? So then, you know, that really would call into question the validity of the season if you change up the whole format and one of these other teams that got in uh, wins and then screws up everything. I don't know if they want to take that chance. They should, but because then they can, you know, sweep the whole thing under the rug. Right. But I think this is going to be controversial enough for some people. But the NFL, like, man, forget it. Y'all talk all y'all want to. We playing. All contracts. <laughs> well, well, you know what? Any, the NFL, ha- they, have, they have some time. They've got some time on their side. Right. Yeah. Uh, speaking they got, of what, that. two months? June, well, July, August 3. What, what, the, what the NFL has even proposed that if they have to push it back, they could look at starting the season in week, I think, five or six, which is like mid-October. So it, if they did it like that, the season would – like let's say if you start week five. You start week five, you go throughout the rest of the season, no buys, no nothing. There's, so there's no week in between the end of the cha- NFL, uh, NFC and AFC championship games into the Super Bowl. Would, so you just play it straight through. Would they play preseason games, though? No, no preseason games. See, that's, th- see this year – that scares me because this off-season stuff with NFL is important, man. That's that's super important for the tours and the Joe Burrows and the rookies to get acclimated. We're missing so much time. You know, a lot of people don't think about that, but football is is a, like a, a year-round sport, especially when you're coming in. These guys are missing valuable time. It is, but what can you do? What can you do? You I can't mean, do anything. That's, you can't that's, really do that's a worst case scenario if they're if they're not able to start on time. That's something that's been proposed. But the NFL, by all means, like Ken said, they want to have football on the field this year. You know, they don't, they're exploring how they're going to do it as far as the fans are concerned. You know, whether or not you know if you want to social distance your fans, so your eighty thousand seat stadium might only have thirty thousand people in it. I don't know, but they want to have football this year and they're determined to do it. And like I said, the thing that they have working on their side is that they have time. They have time to figure things out. I want to know what the business continuity plan looks like for the NFL once somebody catches it. Because you're saying October, Kyle, worst case scenario, Mm -hmm. we all know that's when sixth season begins. Right. Everybody catching everything. So it's, 
it, it sounds like it's only going to be a matter of time before somebody catch it. But that's usually based off of uh, as we go into the NFL and, and, and the conversation about the league. But that, that flu season, I'm thinking more of, like, that's also dealing with people going back to school. You know, a lot of, like, kids and stuff like that. And so far from what I've heard, that's even looking questionable as far as what is fall semester, what does fall look like for high school, middle school coming up in a few months. They're so, trying to push them kids back to school. A lot of parents have got a rude awakening <laughs> for the last couple of months. They sending them kids back to school, Rona or not. <laughs> you said they go, they go send them off like Harry Potter? Like, I'm, I'm not, but I'm telling you what yeah. I know. Yeah. I knew the school wasn't going to be canceled for the rest of the year. That was bullshit. But they, it just sounded good at the time. But after a couple of months, they were like, all right. That's why they start floating out all these ideas. Well, they I want mean, to send these kids back to school, man. It's, it's a trickle-down effect. I mean, like. I think the other thing that's going to be interesting as well, the, what I heard about the Major League Baseball is that they won't do 162 games. They were doing like 82 or 82, 60 yeah. something. Yeah, 82. I yeah. would really love to see that because I think that's – something that a lot of you guys have been talking about, be especially about the length of the game and why don't they shorten the game. Yeah. And now they got a chance to see that. Man, a 82, like, race yeah. to the playoffs? Man, that, be, man, that, that, that would be exciting. crazy. Man, that would be crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that, would, that would make me a little bit more intrigued in watching I, baseball. I think, I think more people will tune in because it, every too. game would really count. Yeah. yeah. Real. Because that's why I wait till October for baseball. Because that's when all the like that's when you see the intensity amplified. Same here, Nick. I'm like that too. I'm like that too. Usually I start. Yeah. That's the only time I really start like watching a baseball game from beginning to end when it, when it gets to postseason. I mean, we all don't have y'all don't have good teams to watch. I mean, if you watch my team, you'd want to watch every week. Uh, all right, and as we go to the that's, NFL, doesn't matter. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so someone met. I think Sheldon, you mentioned about like time and, and, and the NFL and preseason and how important that is as far as getting players in. Um, what do you think about how that affects Jadavion Clowney and him trying to find a team to get on if they're not doing any type of you know workouts like that? It with him, it shouldn't matter that much. Um, based off the position he plays, it it really just matters what a team is looking for at this point. And, and, Teams are just waiting out to see what's what's going to happen. So that's what it hurts him most. Um, as far as getting him in camp and getting him acclimated to a system, I don't think it matters too much for him. I think that it's, it's real. just like he went to Seattle and jumped right in. That's what he'd do. At the defensive end, he got one job. That's get to the quarterback. So he right. ain't really – he's not really – I was going to say right now the three teams that I've heard his name be floating around is the Browns, the Jets, and the Titans. But they're asking for him to take a pay cut because he asked for too much money. No, the Titans can't afford him. Um, The Browns could get him closer to what he wants, um, and so could the Jets. But, you know, he's not going to get what he wants. And here's the thing. Clowney's in the driver's seat. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, huh? Why do you say that? Because he's he's the one that's going to dictate where he goes. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like as as soon as the NFL opens back up, you know, and to show to this point, man, like, you don't have to worry about Clowney. Clowney is a workaholic. That man been hitting the weights. And like you said, he has one job to do. There's teams that need a pass rusher that can pay close to what Clowney wants 
So he's just going to wait for the best offer when the, when, when the time is right. The time just hasn't been right. You know what I'm saying? For obvious reasons. So when it opens back up, I think Cleveland is a crazy spot for him. Him and Miles Garrett, bro. How do you stop that? That, that you can't. <laughs> I would love, I would love, I, I honestly think he'll be back in Seattle. I, I don't know why I get that. Nah, they, they said that's a wrap. Mm-hmm. They, they did. I don't know why I keep thinking like he, he may go back for a year or something like that and just take a, you know, take a lesser deal for a year and bet on himself again and, and, and you know, get back in this free agency game next year. But him with Cleveland, I, I could see that working. I, I definitely could see that working with the new coach. We just have to see, wait and see what happens. But that defense would be crazy. Because you can't block them. That's the thing. Like, it would seem like Cleveland would have too much. Like, and, and we've seen, again, we've seen plenty of teams. I think me and FIFA, we talked about this last year when we saw them on paper. Like, yeah, they look great on paper. But, again, it's, we're dealing with a whole new coach. We're dealing with a, we, don't, we don't know what Baker will look like year three. Like, that, those are the two biggest factors, just like we talked about last season. Yeah, but at least we know they got a legit head coach now. Right. He may not be the greatest coach in the world, but he's he's better than Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> I, I, I I put my money on that. <laughs> well, you better than Freddie Kitchens, right? <laughs> right. And Freddie Kitchens ain't that good. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I I just think that as a former number one overall pick, I would think this wouldn't be that hard to find. Like, I would think there'll be a lot more than three teams that want him. And, and the thing about it is, what's baffling to me though is Jadavion is a character guy too. He's not man. This dude ain't. You know, he's from the hometown. He's from the crib, Carolina. Yeah, yeah but he's can, not a troubled guy. He's not a guy that's gonna be in a whole bunch of trouble. You know, he's a family kid. He, he just he's, he works hard. It was, it but, but but his criticism has been his effort though, because we all remember that game where he smacked the helmet off that player. But outside of that. It's like people say, like his motor. That's what they question. Like when he wants to turn it on, when he like. That's why I feel like he only wants to go to a contender, or that's what his demands were last season. Because it's like, oh yeah, I play hard for a team that's in it to win it, but I ain't gonna really do that much for the Jets. <laughs> right, and 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 I and and I I kind of could see where that comes from because playing in Houston. I don't know if y'all remember when Houston on hard knocks or something like that. Yeah, they were. They, mm-hmm. they were on hard knocks. And you will see JJ staying after practice, working, and and you think him and Miles Garrett is tough. Him and JJ should have been like that. Should have been a no brainer, no question. But you see JJ working out of practice, and you wouldn't see him with him. You just saw him injured and come in and do a little bit of light work. So that was a bad look for him. I hated that. But I, I think, like I said, I, I still think he has time to be that guy. He he got time to be a Hall of Fame player. He's still gonna be a double digit sack guy no matter where he ends up next year. I, I just believe that. I think he's going to play his butt off, and, and the team's going to be lucky to have a dude like that. Hey, man, he just, he just let the white boy do all the work <laughs> to get him to the playoffs, and then he just came to the show out. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> he's still I don't have much faith in uh, Cloudy and Zal. Y'all do. I, I don't need that. He's a bad boy. He, he's dope when he wants to play. I just don't know when he want to play. Exactly. And at that point, I'm done with him. Um. That, another NFL topic that's kind of interesting as well. Uh, we last week we talked about the Rooney Rule and those changes that were being proposed, and I think that's still debated as far as whether that proposal will go through. Um, but we see that a lot of coaches are speaking out. We saw Tim and uh, uh, who was it? Marvin Lewis speak out against the 
proposal, but we see now that Mike Tomlin, he went on, a, I think he went on a Facebook watch show or one of those shows on Facebook, and he talked about it, and he supports the new changes, actually. He was saying that we're finally acknowledging that there's a problem and there needs to be a change. Uh, what, are y'all surprised by Mike Tomlin's comments? No, because uh, no. that's how he got his damn job. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Well, I, I'll say this, Ken. I'm not surprised, and I don't necessarily knock Mike Tomlin for his position, but the thing that I don't like is that when anytime something like this is proposed or talked about or even, you know, trying to be vetted, they go to the black coach and say, hey, how do you feel? Yep. You know, go ask Bill Belichick what he thinks about it. Go ask uh, uh, Sean McVay what he thinks about it. Because, honestly, those are the people who can get movement when it comes to stuff like this. Go ask some of those GMs. Ask them what they feel about it. Go ask Jerry Jones why, who, who's, the, who's the top black executive in the Cowboys organization. And let it not be a player. So, you know, no, don't ask. I mean, that's like, you can't ask the black man about an affirmative action. He ain't the one in control. Right. So I, that's I, like I going get... to ask Steven what it's like to work for the, the guy in Django. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't blame Mike Tomlin at all. I just, I don't think it's fair. And I use the word loosely. I don't think it's fair that, you know, that the reporters or people who have questions about it, they always shove a mic in the black man's face about it. That's the black. Know. Was that? Ask a black. Yeah, That's what ask, they do. yeah. I mean, <laughs> ask the people who are in charge. Go ask, well, you know, go ask some is, of these GMs. They can't ask Bill Belichick about it because he was willing to cheat regardless. So you give him an incentive to get some more draft picks. <laughs> he like, hell yeah, you, it's gonna look like the Million Man March when the next time. <laughs> but I don't know. I I was surprised. Like I didn't think that he would support it as much. Because because of the scrutiny that he gets, you would think that him, like, I don't know, Ken, if you're joking or not as far as how he got his job, but you would think he would have got his job based off his merits and his personality, and he was just the best qual- the candidate for the position. But so if you incentivize that, like, Coach Mike Tomlin gets criticized regardless for being a good coach, let alone if you added the affirmative action shit onto it. You know what I mean? No, I wasn't joking. It's it's the truth. They they picked him because he got the Rooney Rule interview. So he's seen it work. Like, we have evidence that it works if they don't already have a guy in mind. Because I think they were going to hire uh, Dave Dave Wonstetler. Uh, Dave Wonstetler. Dave Wonstetler. Yeah, Dave Wonstetler. They were going to hire him. That was the guy that they wanted. And then Tomlin, they had to do the Rooney Rule. They interviewed Tomlin. They were like, oh, I like this guy. And, you know, the Steelers do whatever the hell they want to do anyway. Yeah. So they were like, all right, well, we'll just hire him. But other organizations don't do that. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying last week, is that if the owners really think it's that much of a problem, why should they go get permission from other owners to do it? They should lead by example, yeah. as the Steelers did mm-hmm. years ago. And, and it's a, you know what, Nick? It's about relationships and it's about, you know, culture. And, you know, the NFL, they preach culture and they preach all this other stuff, but you know, you go go look at these last few hires that have been made in, in this last coaching round with the NFL. You know, these guys that are tied to somebody, you know, like, I mean, I'll use the Giants as an example. You know, they took a guy who had never been a offensive or defensive coordinator. Yeah. Head coaching position. Now, the knock for us black and black head coaches were, or the reason why blacks were being hired as head coaches is that, oh, well, you have to be a coordinator. 
This guy was never a coordinator. He was the special teams coach for the New England Patriots. Now you tell me what what that does for you, other than the fact that he was under Bill Belichick's quote unquote uh, coaching tree. You know, and the same goes for and you look in college, Nick Saban. If you're under the Saban tree, you know those guys get hired. So when is there going to be a Mike Tomlin tree? When is there going to be a uh, you know another black coach? You know their tree. And if you don't have those type of relationships or have that type of stuff going there, then, you know, what are you doing? I mean, the Giants, and I'll use the Giants again as an example. The Giants went to two and won two Super Bowls under a black GM. So, and he's retired now. So what, what, where's his tree? So mm. it's, it, you shouldn't, like Ken said, you shouldn't have to go to other owners and say, well, we'll do this in case. You know, you, you shouldn't need incentive to do the right thing. Just do the right thing. Let me ask you this, because... It, it, we, we know it's a lot of what we've seen. The evidence of the last couple of years has been a lot about relationships, connections that people know, and those connections and relationships just happen to be white. And that's kind of just the way the system is. So with that being the case, and it operates like society traditionally does for, uh, for people, is that necessarily a racist thing or are they just could, uh, 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 going by the societal norms that they, that condition? they operated with? Conditioned? Is that the word you're looking for? Well, I was just thinking societal norms. Like this is just what they've always done. So it's not like they're intentionally not hiring black people because mm-hmm. they're black. It's just that, oh, I know a guy that know a guy. Oh, I heard good things about him. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, my my thing to that is I think it's 50-50. I think that we have, what, 32 teams. You have 32 different owners with 32 different personalities, 32 different methods and, and ways of going about things. And some of those guys aren't hiring good old boys on purpose. Mm-hmm. Some of them, I think, just like you said, they just, they're not, they're not thinking about it from a race standpoint. They're just doing what's familiar to them. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's both. It's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, go, go ahead. ahead. So, no, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say. I think it's just the system itself is is um. It, it it can move along without any type of disruption. Meaning that the system itself was created for the good old boys. So, after generations, you may not even think about. It. You just grew up in it, and it just you just cycle in, cycle out. We always talk mm-hmm. about the NFL is like a revolving door. Well, if most of the people that walked in are white, then a lot of people that's going to be revolving is white. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Until you add more brothers in there. And, and throughout the years, there has been some, and some have had great success, like Tony Dungy and uh, Mike Tomlin. But, again, that's the, we only can think of two compared to the rest. So I think it's just more about the system has been Lovey set. Smith is another one. Yeah, Lovey Smith. I was just talking about, did he win the championship? He went to the Super Bowl. He the Super Bowl. No, he lost. Well, yeah, he went to the Super Bowl, but again, like, the system is meant for the good old boys. So, for me, it's just like, this proposal is going to look crazy, but at the same time, like you said, Ken, like, if it wasn't for the the original Rooney rule, we wouldn't have probably my time to to call upon as far as one of the few black head coaches to not even still be coaching, but to win a a title. So, how, like... You, 
it's hard to pick as far as like, what do you really want out of the situation? Do you, again, I go back to the question last week. It's about jobs and respect. And well, you want both. I mean, ultimately, and even some to your point about Mike Tomlin, Tomlin's in a in a difficult situation because if he if he barks at the system, then they could push him out. Mm-hmm. You know, if he goes along with it, then or or remains silent, then you know it could be looked as a, as a form of weakness amongst his peers, amongst his black peers. I mean, we all know that you know Eric Bieniemy is the guy. Eric Bieniemy is the guy, the next guy up, basically. He has, we have seen what Patrick Mahomes has done under his influence. But how many times have you heard people talk about the Kansas City Chiefs offense and they mention Mahomes and Andy Reid and they don't mention Eric Bieniemy? You see what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so I've heard this idea floated around that possibly, you know, Bieniemy could be staying in Kansas City for when Andy Reid retires, but we don't know when that is. And he'd be right. foolish to sit around and wait for it because and I think that's, I don't know when it's going to happen. I think that's a false report because I feel like they're trying to do the same. They're trying to spin it like um, what's his, what's the guy named McDaniel's Josh McDaniel's right. from New England. Right. Like right. like to your point, like we hear about his name as an offensive coordinator more than Eric Bieniemy, and we already know all that success is really Belichick. Right. You know. And then, and then what happens is is that we have a go round like we had this past year with the coaches. And then the first thing they do, they say, well, hey, Eric Bieniemy, what do you think about the fact that blacks didn't get hired this go this go round? And what I mean, so what really what is he supposed to say? He can't say what he really feels because he doesn't want to mess up the next bag that's coming. You right. know what I'm saying? And, and he doesn't he, he also wants to stick up for his his other fellow brethren in the coaching industry. So it's like it's a double edged sword. But nobody ever asked Bill Belichick that question. I tried to think about why he wasn't getting a job, though. I still even even though he's black, I'm trying to think of reasons why he wouldn't be hired. The only thing I can think of was, hey, did he call those plays in, in Kansas City? Yeah, he called the plays. And I you know what they say? So not only did he call the plays, but again, they won the Super Bowl. He interviewed twice with the Giants and twice with your Panthers. And the Panthers hired a guy from Baylor, a guy who never coached before in the NFL. That's BS to me. And that's what I that's what I don't get. Now, now with my squad, for example, I. I look at them and I'm saying like I I just don't think Tepper is a race kind of guy. I don't I, I just don't see him being that way from what I know of him. So, I would so never I would never call someone a racist that I didn't know personally, Shelton. But yeah. what I'm saying is is that when you get rid of guys like Cam Newton, you get rid of guys some of those guys on the defensive side of the ball who were quote unquote outspoken personalities, and you bring in all of these other guys, it it doesn't look good. But check this out. But but even check this out for me. Like we we talk about like for example the Panthers, Jerry Richardson to me was the biggest racist I've out of any of the owners. He he straight up said hey, I, he ain't coming in here getting all these tattoos. Remember he said all this stuff about yeah, Cam when, when Cam came. Jerry Richardson was hard, you know, hardcore um, dude in that matter. So when Tepper came in, he kind of loosened up a little bit. He was a little looser. When I say racist, I mean a race kind of like where he's thinking about, let me hire the white guy or the black guy. Right, I just didn't right. think he was that way. And him letting go of Cam hurt my feelings because I like Cam. But once again, we brought in Bridgewater. So it's like, it wasn't like he replaced the black Yeah, but we know when it comes to blackness, Cam is a little different than... Cam, Cam is Stefan, Bridgewater is Steve Urkel. All right, that's what it is. <laughs> my, my, my only thing with that, though, and once again, timing was awful. Yeah, but yeah. Cam was injured, man. And we don't know what Cam was going to be this no, year. We still don't know what Cam was going to be. 
Yeah, that's what I'm and, and again, I'm not I'm not calling David Tepper a racist or anybody in the Carolina Panthers organization. Time will tell, but you're right. on the clock. And my and that's what I say about all these owners. They're on the clock because nobody should have to offer you an incentive to do the right thing. Just hire the best candidate, but you can't tell me you're gonna hire a Ken when you've already promised somebody else the job. Ken doesn't have a shot. All he's right. doing is just to fill in a quota of going going to the interview. And that's right. been that way for far too long. And again, recycle some, we, we used to see a lot of recycle coaches. Now we're just seeing bums. Just, I mean, just people who haven't, who really have no, and this season will show some of these guys have no business being NFL coaches. Right. Freddie Kitchens, no business being an NFL coach. He's he had no business being there. He, and he he's he's the a, a coordinator at best. Right. But I mean, time will tell. We'll, it, it, it's going to show. Time will reveal all of this. And we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I have another uh, sports topic to talk about. I want to get these thoughts on it. Bro, Mike Tyson back, man. They're they talking about the, the contracts is coming up within the next uh, couple weeks. This, this, uh, decide who, uh, well, actually, this week, decide who he fights. You excited? No, I'm not. No, I don't want to see. I don't want to see a 53-year-old Mike Tyson box, man. Let's not forget. Let's not forget the last time we saw Mike Tyson at the right. tail of an end of his prime or past his prime fight at Lennox Lewis and look how horrible he looked. Um, and even just before he even like so-called, you know, retired when he initially hung up his gloves, how bad Mike Tyson looked. Now, granted, he do says he faced this the best he felt. But, of course, any fighter's going to see that, you know, to try to sell some stuff. And it's the best I've felt in a long time. Like, dude. And I mean, and I'm pretty sure they're gonna try to have him fighting someone in his age bracket. He's not gonna go out there and fight. Who's in his age bracket? He gonna fight Tito. Tito, um, the UFC. Yeah, I mean, he, he's gonna fight some guy that's probably in his four, in his mid late forties that we probably never heard of before. Come on, Tito Ortiz. And I don't. Nah, I don't know if he'll fight him. I don't know. Come like, on, man. He he he's not gonna fight these. World champions, you know, uh, number rank number two ones and threes in the world. He's not gonna fight these guys. They're gonna put him up against somebody we probably never ever even heard of before. And it's just, yeah, I'm not. This, why, why, why? I am not excited about seeing the 53 year old Mike Tyson fight, man. They were talking about. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like hey, hey, Nick. I'm like, this quarantine got folks tripping. Any damn thing, and y'all really want to see a 53 year old Mike Tyson out here fighting just because he got some videos? Mike Tyson looking very sharp in training. Training is a whole lot different than when you out there and, and, and the dude hit you. Somebody back, hit you, you know back. what I'm saying? Right. It's a lot different. You anybody can look good hitting mitts. Hell, shit, I can look good out there hitting mitts, throwing jabs, and right hooks, and uppercuts and stuff. Ooh, man, be ready. But when you go out there and go <laughs> up against these top-notch guys, it's different when they hit you back, man, and, and they bobbing and weaving and all that stuff, man. It's, it's completely different. Did you uh, did you see that video of him and Evander Holyfield? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Where he's back I his laugh. It, it, it looked like – it damn near looked like a, 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 a In Living Color skit or something. I was just like, really? Are they really serious? I'm like, come on. And, and then Evander didn't even look as sharp as Mike Tyson did, but I'm just like, really? Come on now, y'all. Stop. People are really entertaining this. Stop it. Y'all, this quarantine got y'all bored, man. I thought it was a joke at first, man. I did, too. I did, too. It, lo it looked like a joke. It looked like a joke. That's it reminds I mean. me of – it reminds me of, remember, uh, the Chris Brown versus Soldier Boy? How they was hyping that up like it was going to happen. 
And I'm hey. like, man, come on, whatever. But I was you like, damn, it might actually right? happen. But uh, this one, it seems like it's even taking it further. Like, he's serious. Everybody's serious. He's talking about some – he's got a bunch of people that want to fight him, and they'll, you know, pick out the best one, I guess. I just want to be like – It's probably going to be if anything, it's probably gonna be like an exhibition. Exhibition. I don't think it's gonna be like no. It's and I don't think it's gonna be like no titles or nothing on the line or nothing like that, man. Like oh, okay, so, no. so the operative question is: if something like that happened and it was free, would you watch? Yes. <laughs> I mean, probably so it? because it, it I paid ten dollars. Kyle, it's nothing. It's nothing else on TV. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I didn't. I didn't ran through Netflix and, and my Amazon Prime and all that shit. Like it ain't nothing else. So yeah, I. I would probably watch it if it's free. Yeah, I'll probably okay. I don't got nothing else to do. Quarantine. Let me see. let me let me yeah, look my, at this. My man Jay in the chat room said he said he's desperate for live sports. He said this month he watched NASCAR for the first time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh Jay. man, that's hilarious. That I mean, but hilarious. hey, man, I bro, I was watching Tom Brady and Peyton and uh, Tiger and Phil Mickelson golf yesterday. Which and then Tiger won. He back. Hey, hey, yeah, no, I won't say he back. He back. Now I just speak on that. Hey, Kyle. Now I just yeah, speak on that. What up? What up? I really think after this, I feel like PGA needs to take pointers from that because that would be so cool if you can mic up these golfers or you know, and I don't know. I feel like that whole that whole um charity thing. I think PGA can do that. They should start doing that, man. Like I actually like it. Make, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it would make golf a little bit more interesting. Change it up. Let's stop going through this whole old ways and this old, you know, this historic tradition and stuff. Like, switch some stuff up, man. You know, these these folks that's been watching golf since the 60s, they're dying out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> they are. I mean, they are. So you need to you, you need to start, you need to start like you need to start thinking thinking about the future and thinking about like another uh, another generation of people that are watching golf. We don't want that same commentary. We don't want. It's just make it interesting. Make a make make me be interesting watching. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of folks that feel the same way. It's like if they had stuff like that, the way they was doing with Tom Brady and all them, I mean, I'll be like, oh shit, let me watch this on this Saturday afternoon. Like that would be kind of interesting, you know. It, it was it was pretty good. I will I must say so. It yeah. was it was pretty good. They were they were relaxed. Tiger was out there in shorts and everything, and um, they were talking trash. I thought it was cool, man. But I, and, yeah. you know, golf ain't for everybody. But I, I watched golf, but that but that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. You know, if they started doing that in a lot of these events, man, it would it would make it interesting. I think it would be more compelling, you know, just to see what these golfers saying and what they thinking and get some different commentating. I mean, Jesus Christ. The commentators act like they're standing right next to him talking all soft and low. Right. You're like, wait a minute. Barkley was, like, was on there with the jokes, things. man. That, it was funny as hell. Barkley had jokes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so let me let me ask ever since since Jay brought it up, let me ask everybody, what's the worst thing you watched during this quarantine? Cornhole. Mm -hmm. Cornhole championships. What? Hey, Cornhole is the rich man. You sleeping on Cornhole. Cornhole. Hey, Ken. Cornhole. Ken, tell him. Ken. Hey, Ken. Yep. Tell him how serious Cornhole is. What? Yeah. For real? Cornhole is serious. I just can't serious, believe he dude. watched it. No, no, the play is great. It, I'm talking about watching the championship. Okay, I got you. I got you. What, what about you, you, Ken? What, 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 what's the worst thing you watched during the quarantine? Uh... I haven't watched anything bad since quarantine. I haven't either. I've been Netflixing, and I'm like, okay. B, I've been on Netflix, Prime, Hulu. Yeah, me too. That shit. Me too. Yeah, me too, man. I, be, I, I have not watched any sports or tried to watch anything sports-wise that I was, you know, interested in watching. What about you, FIFO? 
Nah, just like uh, being Ken, I haven't watched anything that's been bad since I can pretty much pick everything I've wanted to watch. So Okay, okay. Nick? Yeah. Oh, I was saying Korean baseball was the worst thing I saw. That's the answer <laughs> I was waiting on. <laughs> and Ken, I was going to say, Tiger Woods ain't back until he got two white women under his arm. All right? <laughs> <laughs> he had a white man. We in a different world now. That white man yeah. can count. <laughs> man, Tiger let his goatee out and everything. I was like, wow, look at Tiger out there. Hey, so let me uh, – are we wrapping up? I think yeah, this, might start. this might go start ahead. some shit probably. Probably. But, okay, so – and I think I said this in the chat a couple times. So if – or I mentioned it. So if Tom Brady managed to win a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, would y'all rank him over – you know, because they're already trying to put him over Michael Jordan as far as, like, <laughs> the greatest athlete no. ever. So if Tom Brady wins his, what, seven Super Bowls with the Buccaneers, would, 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 would y'all argue or would y'all be okay with him being labeled as the greatest athlete of all time? No. He said no. Nah, I couldn't. I think, well, first of all, it's going to be hard for him to win in Tampa because the offensive line sucks. I'm just saying, but what if he do, though? Like, what if he did? What if he managed to do that? If he did, I think he probably would be in the discussion as far as one of the greatest athletes of all time. But I, personally, I just – because, like, I have a hard time putting Brady over Montana because I saw prime Montana. And Montana, you go back and watch those years that Montana won, not only did he win, they smoked everybody. Like, there was no – Brady and, – and it's no knock to Brady. Uh, let me start by saying that. But we've seen Brady win those close games and everything like that. <laughs> For, for the most part, I think maybe only one of Montana's titles was decided by, like, three points or less. Like, the other games, like, you go back and watch that Broncos Super Bowl, they beat him, like, 55 to 10. Like, it was – the game was literally over in the second quarter. I mean, like, he was – Joe was cold. He was just like that. But – um, you, you, no you said no knock to Brady, but it don't, isn't – in the spy gate and the and the and all that isn't that kind of that, that, more, that, is it more that, a knock on the organization or I, a knock on Brady as well? It's a knock on Brady as well because he's a part of it. And I think he was, you know, Spygate more more so than the Flake Gate. I think Spygate was that I, I can't I can't give him a pass for that because he knew what was going on. So yeah. if he got his seventh ring, I would he'd probably be in the discussion, but I couldn't put him up there. I couldn't put him in like because you know folks would. You know the you know the media would. They already ready. Well, of course. They already ready to put them up in Especially there at this age. Especially at this age. But I think yeah. people what they're gonna have to understand is Brady, for as great as he is, we already see the decline. And it's gonna be even more pronounced next year when we Thank see you. Tampa. Thank he's not, you. He's not getting better. Now, if if this was Brady seven years ago, yeah, this Tampa squad, yeah, I would say they'd be Super Bowl contenders, but not, no, not now. And they've got to go through the NFC South, which is probably one of the toughest divisions in the league. So, nah, nah. They, the Tampa probably could make the playoffs this year. I would predict them to make the playoffs. But are they better than, you know, some of the other teams in the NFC? No. Yeah. I, I, I mean, say, even – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I would say that um, if Brady won this year – with the Bucks, we'll be looking that athlete, like greatest athlete conversation will be like us with Magic Johnson and the white people we with Larry Bird. So it'll just be like white people gonna bring up Tom Brady, the greatest athlete all the time. I don't give a damn what you say. And we'll be like, nah, it's Michael Jordan or somebody like that. It'll just it'll be split. Right now it's just all like Mike or black player 
You know what I'm saying? But if Brady wins this, white people have been waiting for that great white hype for a minute. And and they they are drooling at the mouth yep. for Brady to win this, this next ring. I think it's going to happen, though. Darren Brown in the chat said he watched Dog Olympics. <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> God damn. Damn. <laughs> I didn't know such existed. He said whatever it's called. <laughs> Oh man! But no, I I couldn't put him in that. He he probably would be in that discussion, but I couldn't put him up there. No. If he if he won MVP of the Super Bowl at this age, though, if he balled out, it's tough. I joked about it before, but I honestly don't think he 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 deserves that honor. But by all means, he's definitely the greatest football player of all time as far as his success goes. The answer is no. We should never ever change our answer on that question. <laughs> he will never ever, he can win 20 Super Bowls. He should never ever, ever be better than Michael Jordan. That is a, we got to die on that hill. I'm telling you, I'm, 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 I'm calling right, all arms. Yeah, I'm right we got to hold on to that one. Well, because even in his own, or like the his former city, Boston, like, Bill Russell won 11 titles or whatever, like 30 times. Like, he ain't, no one ever said he's the greatest athlete of all time. Like, right. And you know, it's not like he was out there, uh, you know, balling. You know, like his first couple of uh, Super Bowls, he wasn't the guy outside oh, of that one he drive. Was, he, had. He, was, he was probably more of a game manager. Yeah. Than, you know, first, his first two Super Bowls, probably. Yeah, he was more of a game. He wasn't the guy. Nah. Well, part of the word athlete is athletic. Tom Brady ain't got none of that. There you go. And, and, and because of that, he can't he can't eclipse Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was the greatest athlete of his era, and if he played today, would still be a top three athlete competing right now. So no, Tom Brady can never usurp Michael Jordan simply because of athletics. Worse for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm on, I'm on that hill for for real. Yeah. That's it, man. If y'all anything else, that's all I got. Unless y'all want to talk about dog uh, Olympics and shit. <laughs> no, I don't, I, yeah, I don't, the only thing I got, uh, and it's really for FIFO, I uh, signed up for EA Access, so I get all of the games that EA put out, and Madden 20 is one of those games. So they got all the Madden's on there. And, uh, hey, man, this is my first time playing it. I know it's been at the studio. That shit's for real. I, I, I love that shit. I I'm Look, the people like, I try to tell y'all. He did. I tried to tell. He did. <laughs> what, he did. He he did. I haven't what played it in, like, I think I bought 19, but I, I never played it. Okay. So since, the last since we one got I, our I season, was Ken, years That was ago. the last time we played it. When, yep. when, we, when, it, when it was me, you, FIFO, me, each and all. Yeah, that was the last time we played, like, literally played Madden's faithful. It, it's so much more than just picking up a controller and playing the game. Oh, yeah, man. These franchises, <laughs> the 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 decision, I, I love all of it. Man, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's, I'm, and I'm in preseason. I'm playing with the Redskins. I got, because I want to You about, to, you about to ask me pick that thing He's trying, he trying to win with a black quarterback. I see you, Ken. You already know. <laughs> hey, and I fired Jay Gruden. <laughs> I replaced Jay Gruden. Hey, I, I got I, a black I, coach. Man. <laughs> hey man, I did something similar. I have I hadn't played 2K man probably in about at least six or seven years. And since we've been in this quarantine, you know, I have a teenage son, so they was like, yeah. Dad, Dad, 
why, why, let's, let's get some games. So, you know, any kid want to think they want to be dad. Okay. Right. So I'm like, I was like, all right, we'll see. And I, so I get on the sticks, man. I'm playing with, uh, I think I, the first game I played, I played with Portland and I won by like two points and I was happy that I won. But I was like, shit, I need to practice. Man. I can't, I can't hang with these boys. And so that's been our thing, man. We've been playing 2K, man. I've just, I, and I, I didn't, I thought that I'd probably never play 2K again, but um, I'm back on 2K, man. And I, I like you can't, I realized just from watching them, you know, all this franchise stuff and creating players and all this, I, it, that wasn't a 2K that I remember. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's fun, man. But it's like, what's, what's interesting is like, when I come in here and I try to get a couple of games of myself, then they want to play. So, <laughs> so we got a, we had a little tournament a couple of weeks. We had like two weeks ago, we had a little tournament in the house and I got knocked out in the second round, but it was cool. Though. Damn. Yeah. I Damn. told myself I was, I, I, I'm going to practice. I'm going to have to practice because they, they talking shit now. I can't stand it. Well, well, I didn't. My son spent his own money because I said I wasn't <laughs> buying that shit. So <laughs> you spent your own money. You earned it. And he bought 2K20, but the Legend Edition. Okay. So, B, you may may know this, but the Legend Edition is $100, but it had, like, this massive sale. It's huge sale. Uh, where it was, like, 70% uh, off. So it was, like, $24.99. What? That version. Damn, so where? Bought it so he can play with his boys in, in Florida um online so he done created the character and stuff like that but i've been mm-hmm. i've been itching to play it because the only one i still play is the one is two uh 2k 18 okay and i got from from nick because miles uh broke my my disc so ken you say you just got back into madden so tell me a couple of things that you like um that this madden has um so so the gameplay still feels um like, I still like the gameplay because the first game I won, I was like, okay, yeah, I still got it. And I lost my last two games. They dropping the ball. Like, they get hit and the ball just fly out in the air. So, this pissing me I off. I hate that. Oh. I hate that. <laughs> what I like about it, though, um, you still have to be strategic about how you play. So, I love that. Because mm-hmm. um, that's how I played anyway. It was a mental game for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love, like, the rosters and being able to find these gems um you're cutting players you can you can do skill points so you have to decide are you going to put it on this attribute or one that fits your scheme um uh the extra pump points you get from practicing so i gotta practice in order to get that shit so you're talking face of the franchise i'm doing the franchise i haven't done face of the franchise yet i wanted to do franchise to get used to it i got you and then do face of the franchise how, how do you feel about like all of the special abilities I, I love it because now I get to try to find guys like that. I don't have a guy like that on my team, so it's probably going to be a little bit harder. But when I saw Aaron Rodgers can not be intercepted by the goddamn computer, I'm like, what kind of shit is that? <laughs> yeah, so that 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 looks tight, but I'm going to have to get a guy. Yo, wait wait till you get or if you play face of the franchise and you could pick Gambler as like your main ability. Um, That's really cool. But I, uh, when my new character, I picked Omaha. So once I complete five classes of five yards or more, I can see the secondary and everything that they're doing. So it's basically um, like a Peyton Manning ability. Yeah, that, that's what I want to do next. So now Damn. that I think I feel like I got the, got the controls down because um, it, it hasn't changed that much, I'm ready to do face of the franchise. And, but yeah, I, I, I just feel it. The, I was um, playing it while I was editing Is the Mice still on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm like, oh, I'm hooked. Yeah, I'm hooked. Yeah, I, I haven't done uh, franchise mode. I've done face of the franchise. So I'm. A, I think uh, we were talking this past weekend with Spike Lou about that. 
because he got his own league. Um, I'm I'm gonna get into that this week because I, I I I love this. This is probably my favorite Madden so far. I I'm interested to see how twenty uh, uh twenty one will look like based on like how this whole outbreak has affected everything. Will mm-hmm. they even have, will they even have it process processed out, or will they give us like an update through Madden twenty? You know, if they don't have a season or if they have a delayed season, we I, I don't know. Nah, yeah, the video game is gonna be is interesting. And I'll talk a little bit more because I think I'm going to swing about Dead and Gaming tomorrow. I'm going to swing through to talk about it a little bit, B. Um, okay. That yeah. is Uncharted 2. I finally finished that. I know y'all going to talk about the sequel thing um, on Dead and Gaming. So y'all watching, you know, twitch.com slash – is it twitch.com or twitch.tv? It's, it's twitch.tv forward slash Dead and Gaming ATL. Yep, swing through 7.30 p.m. They go live every Tuesday. And um, I'm going to come through. But um, but yeah, that that's really was the only thing I I wanted to talk to people about, Nick. So I'm yeah, I think that's it. Unless anybody else got some. No, yeah, I don't got nothing. Good. Cool, Julian Serene. Try my team mode on. Okay, I got you. I got you, Julian. All right. Well, anyway, Kyle, man, always, man. You know, for sure, for sure, man. Definitely, brother Kyle, brother Kyle. We'll be a B. We got to get on the golf course, man. Man, we do now. We got to. I mean, yeah, it's, it's wild. There's gonna be plenty of social distancing going on, so we got to get on the <laughs> Hey, I'm down to join. Let me know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we definitely got to do it, man. Especially, we, it's it's not too hot just yet. So it's not too gotta, hot just yet, and I'm not working like I'm not like I'm working, but I'm not like working like okay. every single day for eight hours or whatever. So gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, we can definitely right. do that. Well, thank you guys, uh, you know, everybody that's watching for coming through. Jockin2277 said uh, we saved this Monday. Uh, glad we can help out for the hour or so that we've been here. Uh, Nate Morris, appreciate all you guys for uh, stopping by. Uh, Haley Race, I mean, we can't do a, a weekly live stream without uh, that person coming through. <laughs> and Very interesting. Chat. It's like a weekly tradition. But, hey, uh, man. Also, tell those people, everybody that's listening in, man, please tell somebody to watch us going forward. We we need all the support we can get, man. So please let somebody else know if you can. Appreciate it. Yes, you. yes, please do that. So that's going to tell a friend. See you guys next time. We out. Peace. 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 Five Gs.